The culture perspective has to be definitely taken into consideration. Right. The uh, language for sure, right? Yes. Uh, and language can mean, uh, you know, if you're not local and you, although you, you go through the Google Translate, it can mean very different things. Yes. <laughs> That's, that I learned the hard way, you know. Okay. Uh, it can mean very different things. So we have to be aware of all those uh, uh, contexts that needs to be taken into account. You're listening to Sales in Asia, your gateway to sales practices in Asia, and I'm your host, Benny Tan. Thanks for staying with us. In this episode, we conclude our conversation with Robin Ong, Senior VP of HR for LF Logistics on navigating diversity in Asia from a HR perspective. We discuss what localization really involves, how to help employees assimilate beyond onboarding and about types of sales professionals. We'll also hear Robin's views on what the future holds and how sales professionals should prepare. So let's jump right in. Okay. So I used to work in a um, global multinational and one of the challenges that we've always had is that uh, once the corporate HQ decides on a particular sales process or methodology, mm. they want everybody else to apply it. Uh, you know, have you ever had experience um, such initiatives and uh, how do you adapt to it? How do you make sure that people are actually able to to take to it in this part of the world versus, let's say, mm. you know, practices that they're not very used to? Right, right. I mean, on one hand, I can understand the corporate point of view. It's mm. easy to structure and standardize the approach. If they think this method works, then it should work technically, right, in right. any country, right? Mm. But uh, somehow that may not always be the case, right? As we know, because in Asia, the different, uh, the different flavors and cultures will impact mm. the way the engagement is. Right. Uh, it impacts the profiles of the customers that you have. Mm. Uh, it also impacts the type of uh, buyer, typically, uh, mm. the profiles of the buyer who's going to engage with your, 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 your salesperson. So we have to take that into consideration. Mm. So I think uh, in that context, um, I feel you can standardize certain things, but you also have to be able to cater for some local uh, nuances. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. To be able to 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 how do you say to best digest uh, that's the way of selling that comes across. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you because I think uh, you know we've seen uh, we work with a lot of companies where the tendency is to say hey, okay look let's we have this one particular sales system mm. let's everybody make use of it let's uh, you know get all of these trainers from the west to come here and train you know our folks here and it doesn't always uh, click because uh, there's too many nuances you know, that, uh, that they may not be be aware of so that will continue to be uh, the challenge you know for for a lot of the companies who are thinking of actually implementing something globally mm -hmm. right so there is a high degree of customization and localization that needs to be that needs to happen right not only in terms of language but also in cultural practice my perspective yes right. i totally mm. agree i think from a cult the culture perspective has to be definitely taken into consideration right. the uh, language for sure right yes uh, and language can mean, uh, you know, if you're not local and you, although you, you go through the Google Translate, it can mean very different things. Yes. <laughs> That's, that I learned the hard way, you know. Okay. Uh, it can mean very different things. So we have to be aware of all those uh, uh, contexts that needs to be taken into account. Now, how do you prepare your employees, okay, mm. whether or not they're new, either from a different company, you know, or they come from a different industry or from a different role, right? to adapt to changes 
you know, in your organization. Now, I am asking this question in light of the fact that uh, I think uh, everybody's talking about it, that we're going to be facing some very challenging times next year, right? And uh, from about 12 months ago where, where people was, you know, mm. in fact, less than 18 months ago where, where everybody thought that everything wasn't good and employees were very hard to get. And now, in the last uh, couple of months, there's a lot of uh, restructuring that's going on. And which means that um, it's, a, it's an employer's market. It right? is. You're going to get a lot of uh, people out there. But at the same time also, it's going to be quite challenging to try to sift through to pick the right people. But when you do get the right people, you know, what do you do or in your organization do in order to help them to assimilate and adapt to your company? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Yeah. I think uh, onboarding is mm. a big word. Uh, but when you look at the essence of onboarding, sometimes people stop at induction phase. They think induction and onboarding are the same. They are mm. not, right? Induction is just first couple of days that you bring them in, show them where the bathroom is, show that's them right. the <laughs> office, introduce them to their colleagues, they have their welcome lunch and, and all those things. Right? Show to them where your secret whiskey yes. room is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the induction piece, right? But uh, true onboarding takes a lot more than that. You mm. have to be conscious that, you know, it's a good 100 day or two, even six months process where you can probably bring them on board and mm. show them the ropes, introduce them, check on how they're feeling, are they fitting in well? What kind of help do they need? Um, unfortunately, I think most organizations tend to stop at the induction phase. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, for me in my own organization as well, I feel we can do a lot more to properly onboard people. Uh, but the 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 the, the, um, the challenge is always this because when you are an organization which is hiring quite massively, right? Mm. Then you have to have the you need to have a proper team to be able to properly onboard these people. And it doesn't right. have to be HR folks all the time, right? right? It can be the managers or peers or their teammates who can be involved in the onboarding phase. But they need to be very clear in terms of what they need to play. What kind of role can they play to help onboard this person? Some mm. people are more intuitive. You don't have to tell them. They know the new hire has come into the team and they mm. play that big brother kind of role, which helps, right? right. But not everyone is attuned as that, right? Sometimes right. you need to have some guidelines or framework at least mm. to help bring the more senior people to get them involved, being part of that big brother kind of role. Okay, I mean, and, and now I think you're kind of facing a bit of a double whammy, isn't it? Because I think, you know, two months ago you were quiet. And so now yeah. there's also going to be a lot of integration and onboarding, uh, you know, with um, into, into a maybe potentially a very, very new culture. Right. Right. So are you uh, concerned about that? Uh, not so concerned. I mm. think I think the, the integration phases for us, we're still mm. very early days, okay. but... Uh, have been very thoughtful. The approach has been very thoughtful from mm. uh, from the MERS organization with us as well. Mm. So there's been a lot of engagements, a lot more communication happening, mm. uh, and you know, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a very positive start. Okay, that's really yeah. great to hear. Uh, you know, since we're still kind of talking about uh, sales in Asia, I mean, and especially right now with a quite a potentially tumultuous market out there. Um, for organizations that are actually seeking to uh, hire new people, especially new salespeople, you know, what advice would you give them as the key considerations when you're hiring and developing salespeople in Asia or in the Asian region? Mm. Right. Well, I think uh, first is know the kind of customers that they want first. Mm. Yeah, and then um, profile those customers very clearly because when they understand the customer's mm. profile then they're able to profile the type of people that will engage with them 
yeah. uh, better. You sound like a sales guy because I think <laughs> because I, you know throughout the conversation I've I've heard you I've heard you refer to your customers and the customers profile at least uh, three or four times. Which is oh, this great. is the you know, customer persona kind of approach, yes. right? Which I feel is super important. Okay. Uh, because at the end of the day, the customer as well is unique, right? Right. Uh, and the more you understand them as an individual, as a person, mm. and uh, that's what we look for, in, you know, in terms of salespeople, right? Mm. People who are able to connect with people. That's mm. what you want, right? And the faster you sense that the person is. Able to connect with the customer, I think the greater impact, the greater it will carry you across, carry the product across to the person. Okay. Yeah. And so, what advice do you have to, let's say, salespeople who are either considering considering a career move or at least uh, moving to another job, or who are actually now looking out, mm. you know, for especially here in this part of the world? What advice do you have for them uh, to continue to be employable and successful? Yeah. Um, be picky. Be picky with the companies that you want to work with okay. because at the end of the day, um, the right organization is one that will help propel them. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, from my experience, I pick the brands that I want to join, number one. Secondly, I pick the people I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Be picky with the boss that you want to work with. Get a good sense of, is this the right person you want to work for? Right. Uh, because at the end of the day, when you have this combination of the right company and the right boss, mm-hmm. I think that's going to help propel you very differently. Your trajectory is going to be so much different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because uh, in, uh, in a, there were two jobs that I had where the hiring manager was not the person that I actually eventually report to. Mm. The person who interviewed me and hired me and thought I was going to be the boss, you know, you know actually the first company I went to, uh, he, he it was his last day on my on my first day. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. so, so yes, I think if we have the luxury to do that, yes, we should be picky. And if we have a luxury of uh, interviewing the potential uh, right. managers, it would be great as well. So let's uh, you know let's wrap this up. You know, and uh, again, I thank you very much for your time and for your in, for your insights. Um, just from your perspective, uh, what does the future hold? You know, at a very high level for you for the industry that you're in, I mean, in, at least in a, in a very near foreseeable future for the next uh, two, right. three years. Right. I think the industry is going through a massive transformation. Mm. Uh, and especially with the integration with the larger organization, it's going to be very exciting for us. Mm-hmm. From an industry perspective, a lot happening. Uh, but, you know, the world is uh, pretty tumultuous. I would think that uh, it's going to be very challenging. Uh, and as... As an employee, I think we need to consistently upgrade ourselves. Look at ways how we can develop and upgrade ourselves. Because sometimes upgrading yourself is not just, uh, it's not a real upgrade. It's just to stay, um, to stay at par, to catch up with what's ha- the changes that's happening. Right, right? Right. So if you walk in with a growth mindset, you walk in with a development mindset, then you want to be very consistent in your approach to keep learning new things, to keep trying out new things as well. Mm. Yeah, because that's, at the end of the day, that's how you keep pace with what's changing mm. and get yourself up to the level where you want. Right, and since and since you're so well versed in sales, I want to get your perspective on what advice you would give for sales professionals today. You know, especially in um, in a very potentially challenging market that's a, that they're going to be faced with. Well, they yeah, got to first of all stay hungry, mm-hmm. uh, but stay hungry, bec- and uh, more importantly is uh, when you invest, decide to invest. Uh, think about investing in yourself first, because right. that doesn't go away. Right? Mm-hmm. When you invest in yourself, it carries through. Uh, there will come a time where you would use that investment, something you have learned 10 years ago, mm. and, start, and you, you, know, you realize that, hey, I know this, I got this. Okay. 
Okay, that's very very good advice. And so to close it off, I have a few uh, quick fire questions. Uh, just answer the, f- the the thing that comes to you first of all. All right. So describe Asia in one word. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's the first one. <laughs> Thank you. No, of course I know we are. You know we are now living in Singapore. But uh, if you had to pick a country to live in in Asia, you know, other than Singapore, what would it? Where would it be? Huh. Maybe Japan. Be the chain. Okay, right. You're the second person to tell me that. So, okay. <laughs> and a favorite country to work in as a career? Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. Okay. Favorite to vacation? I know you just came back from Krabi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> vacation, which I have uh, not been, I'll probably want to do Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Egypt. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Favorite food in Asia? We're talking about Asian food here. Prawn noodles. Prawn noodles. <laughs> Where from Penang one or from Penang one for sure. <laughs> okay, okay, qualify that. So, okay, you know Asia, we have a lot of taboo, right? So a lot of uh, practices that we shouldn't do. So, what taboo in Asia you would never ever break? Ooh, interesting. Um, <laughs> what taboo would that? Well, I'll, I'll learn to uh, not say the wrong things when I'm in dark places or near the cemetery. <laughs> I'm pretty superstitious from that perspective. I think that's a good practice too, yeah, <laughs> not, not being near the graveside. So, uh, and could you, you know, in your experience uh, around the region, what are some of the best cultural practices, you know, name one or two best cultural practices you have seen that you really think that uh, people should be adopting? Well, I, you know, I, I, I travel a fair bit, so I, I like cultures where, uh, where I notice the way they greet each other, mm. uh, super respectful. Okay. Uh, India, for example, mm. uh, Thailand is the other one. Mm. Uh, just the way they greet, it brings so much um, meaning, the genuineness of the culture mm. of wanting to respect the other individual. Okay. Okay, and I think you've answered all of the questions, and uh, and thank you again very much for you know sharing your stories and sharing your experience and also sharing your advice and uh, and I hope to uh, that we can actually have another chat uh, sometime in the near future, and but thank you very much for being on this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a conversation with uh, Robin Ong, the senior VP of uh, HR, HR for. LF Logistics. Logistics. Is it going to be renamed as Musk? Well, probably. We'll have to see. Okay. We'll have to see. (laughs) Right. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, (laughs) Ben. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that wraps up this series on navigating diversity in Asia in our Sales in Asia podcast. I wish to thank Robin for taking the time out of his busy schedule to be on this show and for the great insights and conversation. It was indeed heartening to know that as a HR practitioner, Robin is very clued in on what it takes to be a great sales professional. I hope that you found value in this podcast so far, so please drop me a line or follow me on LinkedIn to offer suggestions for this show. Up next in our future episode, we hear from a president of Schaeffler about leading a diverse sales team in Southeast Asia and Pacific region. Subscribe to this podcast for more guests and topics to help you navigate sales in Asia. So see you next time.